You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou, the one-on-one series. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. Hey, everybody. This is Omar, and I'm here to tell you about a couple of events that we put on. The first one is the Triple Crown Series. It's a three-race series at three different locations. The first one is on a Sunday, September 17th at Benelli Park, and that one is called the InCycle Hammer Time. Round number two is also on Sunday, October 1st at South Hills Park in Glendora. That one is called Nobby Time. And the series finale is also on a Sunday, October 29th, and that one is at Mount Sac, the Fat Tire Classic. All those three races, you got to collect points in order for you to be eligible for the overall series champ. You got to do all three races. If you win the series championship, you get yourself a free championship jersey so you can sport throughout the years. Our other event is called the Turn and Burn Six Hour Mountain Bike Marathon. That one is held on a Saturday, October 21st at Benelli Park in San Dimas. This event is a little bit different. It's a six hour marathon. You can run this solo. You can hook up with a teammate. You could run a men's team, women's team, or a co-ed. And we also have a true beginner three-person class, so you can run that as men, women, or co-ed. The idea is to turn as many laps as you can, as fast as you can, in six hours. You have to complete your last lap by 3 p.m. The race starts at 9 a.m. For more info on both of these events, you can go to www.triplecrownseries.com. If you have any questions, you can email me at 411.cec at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. we got two pages, Triple Crown Series and also Cycle Events Company. And we post updates for pre-rides so we can show you the courses of these events. All right, you guys. Hope to see you out there. Have a good one. What's up, guys? Big Lou here with another episode of Beyond the Bike Podcast, the one-on-one series. And tonight... We have Omar uh, Almaguer. Almaguer. Yeah, he is a rad dude. I've known, I've known him for a while. I did actually did some of his races back in the day when we first started mountain biking. And uh, so we got him in the studio. We're going to talk about uh, what he's all about um, and then his, his, uh, the race series that he's doing. And then also his, uh, you know, being a race team manager and, and dealing with a bunch of knuckleheads. So, Omar, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks, Lou. Good to be here. Thanks, man. Uh, I know you you had to uh, you had to make that drive for all the way from uh, what Glendora. Where are you from? Um, no, I'm coming from Whittier, so Whittier. actually it wasn't too bad. Was there any low riding down down on Whittier Boulevard today? Um, not that part of Whittier. <laughs> We're um, city of Whittier, not you know Whittier East LA. Oh, LA. <laughs> okay, Omar. So let's uh, let's get to know you, man. Who who's Omar, man? Who, what are you all about? Where were you um, born? All that good stuff, man. Uh, I was born. Um, I was born in Kaiser Bellflower, where my kids were born, but I was raised in Maywood. Okay. Back then, nobody knew Maywood. Well, now we know about Maywood. There's a lot of controversy, right? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's how you get popular, right? A lot of bad news. <laughs> I got out of there before the bad news started. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was born back in 69, brought up in Maywood. My dad um, um, 
bought a house and um when he when i was about three or four years old my dad passed away so my mom had to raise you know three boys and the man so it was kind of rough you know growing up back then and uh, we pretty much stayed in maywood until i was 18 years old and then um got uh started a family early and um that didn't work out did did you marry your, your high school sweetheart or what um yeah i guess you could say that um we didn't go to the same school, but it happened. Okay. Like, she was still in high school. I was just out of high school when Damn. this whole thing happened. Living the vida loca, huh? Yeah, trial and error. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, just kind of, you know, did a trial and error, um, going to school, um, dropping out of school, trying different jobs, stuff like that. Then, mm-hmm. um, you know, remarried, got back on track, and um, here I am, you know, working for a pretty cool tool company, you know, making mm-hmm. some pretty decent money, get to play, get to travel, all that good stuff. So nice. So far, things are going good. Awesome. So w- what about the bike? Uh, talk about your first bike and how you got into mountain biking. Okay. So back um, when I got into mountain biking, my brother was mountain biking. I was playing roller hockey. And... Like uh, Saturday Night La- a Fever, you know, when the John Travolta, when you're like, you know, you got the bell bottoms on, you're dancing, and you got your... No, no, this was roller <laughs> hockey. This wasn't like Venice Beach, you know, skating. I was on inline skates, not quads. <laughs> but it's pretty cool, man, those quads, the way they dance. But I wasn't into that. But we were at a barbecue at my brother's house, and we were, you know, talking about how, you know, roller hockey's harder, mountain biking's harder. So we just kind of went back and forth, and we just said, all right, you come and try mountain biking. I said, cool. I'll go and try mountain biking, and then when we're done mountain biking, you're going to go get some skates, and you're going to come and try roller hockey. Mm -hmm. So they lent me this rigid bike, and they said, we're going to go to Turnbull Canyon, and we're going to go to that water tower. Oh, boy. See you up there. Yeah. There was nothing about (laughs) this is how the gears work. There was nothing. Figure it out. It was just we're going to be up there. (laughs) And I probably walked like two-thirds of the way, and I was like, God, this sucks. It wasn't what I expected at all. So finally we get to the top and they're like, okay, now we're going to go down this cool downhill called 7th. And I was like, this is awesome. We're bombing downhill, having a blast. And they're like, all right, now we got to go back up. And I was going, oh my God, again, no coaching, no take it easy, use these gears. Again, walk most of the uphill. Then um, after the ride was over, they're looking at me, they're kind of like laughing. So what do you think? And I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know, I'm playing like it didn't hurt. Yeah. Right? I, I'm trying to save face here. <laughs> You're dying inside, right? <laughs> oh, man, it was bad. So I get home. My wife goes, so how was it? And I'm like, that was horrible. It was bad. She goes, so now what? I go, we're going somewhere else tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, huh? Oh, yeah. So we go to the Fullerton Loop. Okay. It's a little bit easier. Yeah. So we started from my brother's friend's house, which was off the loop. We go, we do the loop. I'm like, okay, not so bad. And then next thing you know, I learn what cramps are. Oh, boy. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on with my legs? <laughs> and they keep going. But I didn't want to cry. I had to bite my tongue because I was talking smack, right? I'm over yeah. here saying, yeah, roller hockey's harder. And this was so hard. And then after the ride was done, hey, so what do you think? And they're laughing because they know I'm in pain, but I'm not giving them the satisfaction. I'm like, no, man, everything's cool. This is fun. (laughs) I get home. My wife goes, now you're going to want to buy a bike. And I'm like, yep, I'm going to get a bike. I'm going to kick all their asses, man, because they were (laughs) laughing at me. So I went. My first bike, I was looking for a Schwinn 
GSX Mesa. I remember what I wanted. And you couldn't, you couldn't touch that bike back then. It was, God, it was like around 97. And I was looking for a bike in October. They weren't going to be available till February, but I wanted a bike like right now. So I ended up going with my brother to a bike shop in Yorba Linda. They're not there anymore. So I ended up getting a GT Tempest with the rigid fork, but I had them swap it out for a front shock. And, um, and I just started mountain biking. I had my bike and my wife, she's like, I thought you weren't going to get into it. I said, no, I said, if I didn't get into it, I wasn't going to buy a bike. So I'm getting into it. So I'm getting a bike. So now she's like, oh, so now you're going to go mountain biking and go play world of hockey. And I'm like, don't worry, I'll do the husband and father thing. So <laughs> I went mountain biking early in the morning and I played roller hockey at night. Nice. And, and, um, and when it was time for my brother to get his skates, he shows up to the park, skates in hand with the stick. I'm like, hey, come on, let's do this. And uh -huh. he's all like, you know what? I got to go. And he took oh, off, man. Oh, man, he, he ditched. Took off. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, man, I, I kept my end of the deal. Yeah. But it was a good thing, though, because I'm still doing it today. Right. You know? Yeah, you're still, you're still uh, uh, roller, uh, what is it called, rollerblading? What are you, what are you um, skating? It's roller hockey. Roller hockey. Um, so you're still doing that, huh? On, yeah, actually, I'm going to... I took this the last season off because during the summer it gets really hot. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for a weeknight team to play because I can't do, you know, cycling in the morning and play at night anymore. My body's telling me stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna start playing Monday nights. I know I don't ride Mondays and Fridays, so Monday night's a good night to go play. Nice. So. You know what's cool is I, I you know I always ask the guests like, talk about your first bike because most of the time they remember it so vividly like, oh, I remember my first bike. You know what I mean? So it's always cool because then, you know, I can tell, like, they light up when they talk about their their, their first bike, you know what I mean? And, and uh, it just brings back old memories, you know, maybe that they haven't thought about that for a while. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So. It was, it was, it was, they call it a ball burnish color, which was like a chrome. And I remember I was running those Velociraptors. Those were the tires to have back in the day. Um and I remember when Super Go was still there, I was just buying stuff. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I, I was just buying like all kinds of stuff just because <laughs> I got into it so much. You yeah. Know? Now, were you, you were wearing a helmet though, right? When you were riding? Oh, yeah. I always had a helmet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. It's making sure. <laughs> when I first started riding, uh, I didn't wear a helmet, you know, and then we were doing the Fullerton Loop and then some guys like, oh, yeah, you know, you're doing good. You know, you got the shoes. You got it. You know, I was like, maybe it's time for you to buy a helmet. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I went to the shop and bought a helmet. I'm like, okay, now I'm legit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I was uh, I was working today in um, uh, in LA somewhere, and I saw this guy on a real nice giant uh, one of those tri bikes, whatever. And he's like mm -hmm. hauling butt down the six, you know, like the riverbed near the six hundred five. Yeah. And this guy didn't have a helmet on. I'm like, dude, like you have such a you have a real nice bike. You got the shoes. You know, you got everything going on, and no helmet. I was like, man, like. You Common do sense. not want to crash on a road bike. You can crash on a mountain bike, dust yourself off, and for the most part, keep going. Uh -huh. You go down on a road bike, you're going to the hospital, man. <laughs> <laughs> like nine times out of ten, you're going to go to the hospital. Yeah. Yep. So I may have should have yelled at him, hey, wear a helmet. helmet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's let's talk about your series. What uh, What is this all about, man? When did it start? Uh, you got a partner, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so after um, after mountain biking for a while... I um, I joined a club. I had a friend that I was mountain biking with, and I had tried racing for a while, and I was doing it all wrong, and I was going to throw in the towel. So, Do you remember your first race? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so 
Okay, let's go back to when I first started mountain biking. So finally, I kicked all those guys' butts, right? And uh-huh. I'm thinking, okay, it's time to race. I'm fast, right? Faster than them, yeah. but I wasn't fast yet. <laughs> I was just faster than them. So I go to Big Bear, and there was not a whole lot of races going on back then, okay? So I go to Big Bear. I line up, and uh, <laughs> I'm wearing, you know, the Lycra shorts. I got one of those big dog T-shirts that say, you know, you know, if you can't ride with the big dog, stay on the porch. So I'm thinking I'm cool with my big dog T-shirt. I got these yellow safety glasses with thick black frames. I got these Shimano brown suede shoes with blue in them. And you make it's such a fashion statement. <laughs> oh, totally, man. And um, and I go and 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 I'm wearing my Camelback. I don't do a Camelback anymore, but back then I was doing the Camelback thing. And I lined up, and I'm thinking I'm ready to go. When they said go, like the first two minutes, I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? I didn't know anything about elevation, pace yourself, nothing. And I remember when I'm coming up to finish, I saw a guy up front, and I'm like, that guy's in my class because they were marking the legs back then. So I thought, okay, if I pass him, I know I'm not dead last. And that was my goal is don't be dead last. I like that goal. (laughs) So I pass him, I beat him, and then a couple of days later, I check results. I'm second to last. I was like, yes. <laughs> I won my sport, my class, my own class in my head. So um, that was my first race, but I didn't want to race for a long time because I was like, how do these guys go all out for like an hour and change without stopping? That's what I thought racing was. Another year goes by. I do Rim Nordic. Same thing. I just get dropped like a bad habit and... Another year, I go do another race, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. And then that's when I started riding with a friend named uh, Michael Seguera, and he was telling me, hey, they're going to let me build this mountain bike team with SC Velo. They're based out of San Dimas. It's a pretty big club. So I said, yeah, I'll join the team. And he says, yeah, we can start racing. I said, nah, I'm not going to do any racing, man, because this is my experience when I was racing. So he says, don't worry, I'll, I'll show you how to train and race and do everything. So my first year, I went from finishing like second to last to finishing like top 10. Wow. And it was all because I was doing things different and actually training and racing was easier than what I was doing because I didn't know what I was doing back Mm -hmm. then. So the first year um, I raced beginner, I ended up finishing fifth overall. And and then I just got into racing after that. And I just stayed with the club and, you know, every year just kept going back and, uh, you know, just stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but how how did this evolve into to starting a your own series? So, so Michael Seguera was the captain, and then he needed to step down as captain. And while he was captain, we actually started to do a mountain bike race within the club called the Cross Country Challenge. So we did that to supplement, you know, our budget. We used to get a budget from the San Dimas Stage Race, which is a big race that SC Velo still does today. So we volunteer, we get a budget from that. So we started to promote a mountain bike race to add to that so we can pay for our races. Mm -hmm. So I was like his right-hand man. So when he stepped down as captain, he also stepped down as race director, and I took over that as well. And then from there, um, I don't know if you ever met Ben Isley. He was on SC Velo. He was uh, working in the welding department at Mount Sac. He's actually the one who started that race over 20 years ago. Wow. So he was going to be retiring, and he wanted the race to continue. So he says, hey, SC Velo, if you guys want this event, I'll hand it over, and then we'll go over the next five years, you know, running this event hand-in-hand. So when I walk away, you guys just keep it going. Mm -hmm. So 
I started to, to also direct that event alongside with Al Wiskovich, who's my partner. Al Wiskovich is the race director for the San Dimas Stage Race okay. today. So when I became the captain and the race director, I was on the board of SC Velo, so him and I became really good friends. And then we started to try different things with the races. We said, well, why don't we come up with the series? So then we did the cross-country challenge, then we did the Mount Sac race, and then we were doing one of the races from Southridge, their, their challenge that they have at the end of the year. But it was difficult because his age groups didn't match our age groups. Mm. So then Over the Hump started, and I went and I did a few races, and I thought, man, I know how to promote, and there's a lot of people that can't make it on Tuesday, so I'll start doing races on Thursday at Benelli. So... Then I started to do my own events, mm-hmm. and that year I did my first three races to plant the seed, and they actually went pretty good. I had a guy named Robert Herbert who was the race director for Racers and Chasers in uh, San Diego. I know Robert. Okay. So Steve Herrera from the Cyclery Bike Shop, mm-hmm. he had just opened up his shop, and he became our announcer. Cool. So, so he's the voice and the face of – Triple Crown Series and Turn and Burn and, and stuff like that. So so he's part of, you know, the ingredients to mm-hmm. these events. So he was telling me, man, you should talk to Robert Herbert. He's got a really good following. So, you know, I got mentored by Al Wiskovich. I got mentored by um, Steve Herrera from the Cyclery Bike Shop. I got mentored by Robert Herbert. I had a couple of conversations even with Tom Spiegel. I let him know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I first started doing um, Nobby Time, the first uh, three races, I was bringing in like 90 riders. And I didn't know if that was good or bad. Mm-hmm. And Robert brought his trailer one time to, you know, to show up and, you know, make the event look like a big powwow. And he says, dude, when I started doing my races, he says, I only had 17 people. He goes, so 90 plus people, that's pretty damn good. Because I didn't know what that meant yet. Mm-hmm. You know? So I thought, all right, cool. What, what are, I mean, what are the... What are the challenges, you know, to put it on these kind of races? Because, I mean, <clears throat> you have to have, you know, some kind of a, um, of a, a plan to, to show, like, the city or, I mean, so when, when you, let's, let's, let's break it down. When you put a race on, you know, what are the steps to put in a race on? You know what I mean? Do you got to talk to, like, a city official? Do you got to talk to rangers? I mean, how does that work to put a race on? Well, Benelli, since they already do events there, we already know that, we just got to get a date that's available, sit down with them, tell them what our plan is, the trails that we want to use, and then they give us our price and we go from there. So, so Benelli Park wasn't really much of an issue. Um, when I started doing events at Glendora at South Hills Park, I needed to talk to the city. The city's easy because mm-hmm. it's a city. When you talk to the county, it's different because they're, they're bigger and there's – Kind of like, okay, for example, Benelli Park, if you do an event there, you got to have the lifeguards. Mm-hmm. So there's another item on the menu you got to pay for. Mm-hmm. When we go up Tractor Hill, um, that hill where you got to go under the bridge, you got to close that road down. So now they got to put someone at the entrance of Sailboat Cove because they don't use that road. So that's another item on the menu. Now you got to pay for that person that's going to be charging for the boats to get in. Mm-hmm. And then when we do turn and burn, we cross the road. Because there's already the, the Team Big Bear race there. And then our Hammer Time event is almost at the same place. So we cross the road because people keep saying, man, we would like to race on the other side of the road. So we got to pony up mm-hmm. to pay for the sheriffs. 
So that's expensive because mm-hmm. you're because that road right there is considered an actual street like outside of the park. Yeah. So you got to have a sheriff at the first crossing, another one at the second crossing. And that's one of the biggest challenges because they've told me, why don't you use the tunnels? Well, the tunnels are so far apart, you spend a lot of time on fire road and then it kind of gets boring mm-hmm. and the single tracks are, you know, too short for all the fire road that you're doing. So I just told my partner, we just got to keep the sheriffs there. Yeah. And everybody likes the course. So once you find something that people like, you got to stick with it, even if it's going to cost you. Yeah. So, I, I've always always thought that your races were were pretty hard because when we first started when we first started racing, uh-huh. like you know the reason we we got into mountain biking is because my buddy had some bikes and my brother was still racing trophy carts. Uh-huh. So I'm like, well, this is a form of you know for him to get exercise, you know, stay fit, whatever. And, and then we kind of got hooked on it. You know what I mean? Like we first started riding in Santiago Oaks, you know, like a, a you know like it was like a specialized stump jumper. You know what I mean? Like a twenty six. You know, like three by eight or whatever it was, you know, and I was, I kept, I kept breaking the wheels, you know, cause they were like, they were intention ride or whatever. So I ended up buying like a wheel set and then ended up buying my first bike, which is a specialized, uh, Epic 29er. Okay. And then my, I got my, I got my little brother, uh, a specialized hard rock. So we're like, let's, let's go racing, you know? And the first one, I think the first one that we did was that one in, in, uh, in Glendora, that the one in the park right in the corner. Yeah. South, South Hills park. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one, you know. And I ended up, ended up, I ended up uh, uh, bending my wheel, my front wheel, like you know, when you uh, before you hit the the, uh, the asphalt fire road. Yeah. So I ended up like washing out one of those turns and like bent my wheel, and so I had I ended up finishing the race. But I'm like, man, this is these are tough races. You know, we did the whole series. You know, we ended up uh, doing the Benelli one, which you know, when I did your races, we you know we crossed the road, and you know you you know you had that big fire road climb, and then you had this fun rewarding stuff on the you know towards, uh-huh. the, towards the end so now it's changed you know like for the kenda cup they've changed that you know and um but yeah i've always thought your races were 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 challenging you know what i mean when when i started doing um when i started doing the knobby time i think it was 2011 that's what the feedback was guys were going in the in cycle they would do one race they'd get trashed and they wouldn't come back so that was one of the challenges to to start in the events is how how can i you know, take off some of, you know, the blows that people are taking. And I didn't really know how to put it together yet. For me, you know, I was a racer. I was used to it. So I just kind of started to hear all the feedback. How can I do it? How can I do it? And then, you know, Benelli started charging for parking after 5 o'clock. So now people were like, oh, if we get to Nobby time at 5.15, we don't got to pay for parking. Well, Benelli caught on. Well, well, we'll stop charging at 6. So now guys are like, okay, so I'm paying – you know, 30 bucks plus 40 bucks, uh, 10 bucks for parking, that's 40 bucks on a weekday. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. so it started to get expensive for the racers. But as far as the challenging part, it was, I was still struggling with trying to come up with a course. Um, South Hills Park, that paved climb, that was tough. It, it, it hurt a lot of people. <laughs> and, um, but it was I, like, I, I was like, I, that's, that was me that's too. all there, that's all there is, you know, yeah. sorry guys, yeah. you know, just go as slow as you can. <laughs> Don't race that part. Right. Right. So, um, but now we have, we have Eagle. So now we can, we can put a 30, <laughs> 30 front cheering and, you know, granny it up. You know what I mean? So, yep. You can, <laughs> you can put a front big road ring on the back now. <laughs> so, so what happened at, um, South Hills park, there was a part of that descent that was getting eroded so i had to reroute the course and a friend of mine robert castro said hey i got an alternate route for you so you don't have to go up that paved climb 
and it kept the course almost the exact same distance. It's got less um, elevation on it, and people don't have to go up that paved climb anymore. Mm. And everybody was just like going, oh, my God, you took out that paved climb. I hated that climb. I hated that <laughs> climb. So so I rerouted it, and since everybody likes it, you know, people are like, oh, why don't you try, you know, to cut trails here? It's like, okay, you know, go ahead and cut it and let me know when you're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we'll go. It's a lot of work, man, just clearing out the overgrowth that's already yeah. there. We'll, we'll get into that in more in detail in a little bit. But, okay. Um, I'm... Your first race is uh, September 17th? Yeah, that's uh, next weekend. <clears throat> next weekend. Yep. That's a weekend of uh, kamikaze. Yeah, that's another challenge is putting on events, trying to not put them on when there's other events. Dang it, Omar. I want to race these stuff, man. <laughs> and actually, what? that course, I changed it. It's shorter. <sighs> it flows more. Man. And... um and again, I mean, if you look at the the, the bold font on the uh, on the flyers, new course, new course layout, layout fun, yeah. fast and flowy. Because again, I was trying to figure out how to, you know, make it more first timer friendly. This is grassroots, mm-hmm. and one guy told me the fast guys are just going to go faster. But if you want the beginners to come in, you got to make it raceable. Over the hump, everybody can do those races. That's a prime example, you yep. know, of of how to make it uh, fun. You know, for the whole family, because that you know that's that's what's that's what's going to help grow the series is if you can get the whole family in, in, in involved and engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff for the kids. You know, so that now the kids can the wife can take out the kids, the dad can go race. You know what I mean? There's beer afterwards. There's food. Yeah. So you know they have a they have a they have a great recipe, especially on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. come from all over. You know to go race that stuff. You know that's one of that's probably the biggest midweek race series in all of the U.S. You know what I mean? It's, you know, what Matt did and Matt and John, I mean, those guys. I mean, they have, have the a, whole package, you absolutely. know, when people say, man, I don't, you know, the course isn't that great. I said, look, man, it's, it's the whole package. It's not yeah. just the course. It's not just the awards. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you got to bring everything. And you're right. The, the whole family thing, like we haven't really focused on our end with that because it's just the two of us, you know, we've got our day jobs and mm-hmm. it's just the two of us. I know that over the hump, they got a team of people to put it all together. When you got a lot of people. You know, yeah, you can make things happen, and each person can can take something on and just run with it. Mm-hmm. But um, like this year, it's it's tougher. I started a new job; it's taking up a lot more of my time. Our biggest thing has been, you know, marketing. We haven't been that great on it this year. I was really, you know, pushing the social media more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a big social media guy. I use it just to communicate for the races. Hey got this pre-ride coming here's the calendar but not really to to promote it right just kind of to let you know where the pre-rides are but this year i focused more on that and um and i've been friending a bunch of people asking them to be friends oh there's a mountain bike friend Mm -hmm. request and then i formed a group to start conversations so i'm learning to be like a marketing guru with social media and and it's free you know like you don't have to spend too much money i mean you can like you can do ad space whatever you know what i mean but you know for the most part it's it's free Oh, it is. You know, you just yeah. got to do a lot of spamming. Exactly. Of spamming. But if I, you know, the more I, the more people that I get to know out there, and if I start to put stuff out there, it's like, oh, it's Omar's post, you know? So if they know me personally, they mm-hmm. might not take themselves out of the group or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or just kind of like scrap it. So I'm trying to meet as many more people as I can and just bring them in and, you know, try to grow the series. And 
I'm not not going to do a kids race. I'll probably throw that in at the end until I can come up with something to mm-hmm. to do like a Strider race. I mean, I've got other ideas that I have in my head to do. Um, but it's the resources, right? It's it's really it's the time. Hmm. You know, the the money's there to put them on. It's just the time and having the people there to to do the work. Right. So um so, so now that this race is going to, com- you know, it's, it, this is a conflict for me because, you know, like we're doing the California Enduro Race Series and that's the same weekend as, you know, your race. Yeah. So it's a bummer for me because actually I want to start doing some of these races to get ready for an endurance race I'm going to do in November. So I, I'm I'm actually, I think I'm going to do that race in uh, the, the, the turn and burn. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that one just yeah. to kind of see where I'm at, you know, training wise. But let me ask you, what do you guys talk with other uh, event promoters so you guys don't like overlap? the events you know what i mean like because i know there's a lot you know there's over the, obviously over the humps on tuesdays right uh-huh but there's uh there's a kenda cup there's um the um donnie stuff up at southridge mm-hmm. you know there's your stuff and you know there's, and then there's other stuff going on you know what i mean and throughout the throughout the year do you guys like chat do you guys try to see hey you know what i gotta race this weekend you know or whatever you know what i mean I, I haven't done that because the way I look at it, it's kind of like a pecking order. You know, those guys were there before me. So I do call them and ask them, hey, do you have your calendar for 2018? And and if they have it, I work around that because mm. they were there first. And like, for example, if you look at our October 29th race, this is the first year that that race is going to be the last weekend of October. It's always been the first weekend, but you've got Jason doing the the eight hour race and at Vale Lake, and if I were racing, if it was between this one and his, I would go to his, right? Because he only does those races three times a year. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss it. This is a cross country race. There's cross country races all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you've got Donnie doing cross country at Fontana. You've got um, Pedal Fest over in Santa Clarita. Then you've got you know, a, obviously over the hump. Yeah, there's also a new series, um, like a Orange County. Uh, you got Non Dot. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah, Non Dot. Yeah, right. And, and then and then there's another one that I, I saw some stuff. Um, some OC and TB. Yeah, that one. I just saw that for the first time when I was doing flyers uh, last week, and I was like, I've never seen this one before. And they did some events the prior um, year, but it's, do, you, do you know you, who, who's putting them on? I don't even know who this person is. I don't know. Okay. I don't know who they are. <laughs> but I look at, like, some guys will say, hey, why don't you go to Orange County? Why don't you go here? And look, I go, my area is like the San Dimas area, mm-hmm. and that's it. Oh, why don't you go do Enduro? I don't race Enduro. I'm doing these events because this is what I've done, mm-hmm. and this is, like, my forte, and I kind of get an idea what people want because I've done it. So I listen to what people ask for. I get emails. Can you create this category? Can you create that category? And if it makes sense, I'll add it. Right. So that's why I do, um, you know, these events. But as far as like the other promoters that are out there, they're probably doing the same thing. They're looking at dates, you know. Um, So we also have to have availability at Benelli Park to do that one. Mm -hmm. Hey, Benelli, I want this date. Oh, you can't have it. This one's open. Oh, man, that's this date. Right. So so we got to move it around. So I'm looking at. So here's what my thoughts were. Um, my thoughts were probably doing a different series, you know, during the summer and just leaving Turn and Burn and the Fat Tire Classic for the fall. Just those two events because there's already so many. Mm-hmm. 
So if you take away some events, then you'll create more demand for the few that are there rather than having so many choices to do all these events in the fall. So I don't know if that's what's going to happen. Um, we didn't know if we were going to get October 29th for Mount Sac because it's always been the first weekend of November. This is the weekend that they do their big cross-country meet at mm. the school. Okay. So we have to work around that to start getting the course ready while they're running their cross-country track. Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting the okay to do it that weekend because if we were going to have to go the same weekend as um, – the Veil Lake race, yeah. we weren't going to do it because okay. we, we were losing money mm-hmm. and it didn't make sense. And the Triple Crown series was going to poof. Yeah. <laughs> it was just going to go away because, yeah. you know, after a while, it's like, look, man, we can't keep losing money. So, right. That's you, you got, you got sponsors and you got, you know, you got a lot of stuff on the line. So, you know, yeah, <clears throat> you got to make it happen. Um, so when, when you put these races on um, and you guys want to, like, design a new course or something, you you have the green light to do that, like at um, at uh, South, at South Hills Park? South Hills Park, um, whatever is there, that's pretty much all you can do there. It's it's only a 3.3-mile course. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not allowed to, to cut anything. Okay. And um, it's just I look at it from the perspective of, okay, if I go in there and I start putting in all this work, to do this course is that going to bring more people like if i add this little bit of single track mm-hmm. and if it's not it's like you know why do it so like at benelli same thing there's a lot of trail there they've said guys there's plenty to work with right there so don't cut anything you know just leave it the way like we're told that if um let's say the candy cup wanted to do something and they're doing like some kind of uci event i guarantee you they can you know they've cut new stuff out mm-hmm. and they can make it happen you know Benelli might say, okay, well, it's going to be this much or that mm-hmm. much. Okay, cool. They'll sign the check right. and they'll pay it because they've cut a lot of new stuff. Right. Um, I'm okay. not looking to do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because we have our hands full as it is. Mm-hmm. Like we just finished yesterday clearing out the, the course for the Benelli race. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you guys do for that? Do you guys go and, you know, with weed whackers or what do you guys do? We go with rakes. We go with hedge trimmers, um, chainsaws, and um, – and yeah, that's pretty much it. We just go there. We just kind of start dragging all the brush that's kind of hanging in the trail. We just cut it all out, mm-hmm. and we just clear the the trails out that's already there. But you you guys don't sanitize the stuff. You guys leave it. To, you know, there's rocks there. You're gonna leave the rocks there, right? Yeah, I, I leave the rocks there. I don't say, oh, this is gonna be hard. I leave it there. But I just I want to be able to me ride a course and not be able to see like what's coming around because the brush is there. It's like, clear it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we do. But I don't try to say, oh, let's pack this down. Let's fill this rut because that's mountain biking. So you're supposed to get a little bit of everything, right? you know, right. and as long as it's rideable, you're, you're good to go. Yeah. Um, it's pretty exciting that um, LA got the bid for the Olympics and they're going to, they're going to use Benelli for their, for their race. I'm the, pretty the sure Olympics. They're probably going to get a chance to cut like some new stuff and add some new stuff on there. I don't think they're going to use what's there, so they're probably going to go and cut some new trails. Were you, were you out there when Nino came down, uh, came out here and and uh, put a clinic on and everybody that was there? God, man, that guy's <laughs> amazing, man. It was. I mean, the guy got a flat and he still won. Yeah, you know? I, I I make fun of it. it was like, yeah, he he had a flat, he had a latte or something, you know. Got a, got a massage and, and then he got back into the race and <laughs> and then and then he waited for for you know he caught he caught people 
and then you waited for them at the start finish line. You know what I mean? And they just kind of rolled with everybody else. You know, the last little punch of hill, and nobody attacked. And he just like took off. He's like, "See ya." That, that guy's was it. Amazing man. You know, he, he had a perfect perfect season. You know, yep. you know, won all the races. And last one he's got to do is it's not part of the series, but you know, it'd be nice for him to win, win worlds. You know, he's got the Olympics. He's got the you know uh, the UCI. You know, number one plate now, right? Yep. So. That guy's that guy's a beast. Yeah, he is. Um, wh- what are your sponsors for this for this series? We have um, my friend's wife is the one that does all of the the marketing. The, the not the marketing, but she gets all of the sponsors as far as like raffle gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got Hammer Nutrition. She's an ambassador for Hammer Nutrition. She used to be um, an ultra endurance athlete. She used to do um, God, what do they call Ultraman? She did Ultraman 15 years in a row, and I think what it is is it's like a double Ironman in Hawaii. Wow. So she's sponsored by Polar, Hammer, um, Rudy Project Sunglasses. Um, I forgot which tennis shoe company. So so she puts out a lot of calls, and mm-hmm. she gets all the raffle goodies for the event, you know, which is what people want. You know, they want to be able to, you know, win some raffle prizes while we're waiting on results. So she does all that work. As far as sponsorship, like here, you know, here's some money. You know, we don't, we don't get that. There's been times where I, when I started calling for, like chains or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, how many racers do you get at your event? Oh, I get about like ninety to a hundred. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, they like they want to throw stuff at big events. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get it. So they um, got a budget, so they got to figure out where where they're gonna, you know, that stuff's gonna be allocated to. Yeah, yeah, and you got to get them early too because, yeah. like, right now is the time to start asking for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Interbike that's coming. So, um, yeah, and Reno. That's yeah, a long, I heard that's they a long moved drive. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Roger was asking me, he was like, hey, can you? I was like, man, I, I got a lot of work. So, that's a long drive too. You know, yeah, it it's is. like a 10 hour drive to up there, you know. So, maybe it was a good thing that they changed it, you know, got to change it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, to, to get people to, to be more. I guess responsive to the to that because I, I I was only I only been to one one of those events uh, and I was kind of like this is lame you know there's like no excitement it's like you had one section where like all the Chinese knockoff stuff was at and, <laughs> and then and then you had like the electric bike section and then like all the cool stuff was you know it was pretty small so I'm like I was just there for the day I'm like all right I don't, I don't have to come back here anymore I'm I'm good I'm, I'm good. the exact same way I went about two years ago we went in there and I was like all right. This is where all the foreign foreign stuff is and, you know, a bunch of little lights and saddlebags and stuff like that. I'm just like, okay, I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I started to go look at, you know, the bikes like Specialized was there. GT was there. Cannondale wasn't there with their setup. Giant was there. But even then for me, it was like, well, I already have my bike. I have everything I need. I, I was just there to check it out. <laughs> right. And then I just told my wife, I said, yeah, I don't think I need to come back anymore. Right. I go, if you own a bike shop, yeah, this is where you want to be. This yeah. is where you get your deals, the latest and greatest, because you're selling. Because that's really what they're there for. Mm-hmm. They're there for the, you know, their distribution channels. But for us, it was like, eh, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Came to Vegas. Next. Yep. <laughs> so um, what are your future plans for the series? Yeah, because I remember a few years back, you had, there was more than, there was more than three races, right? You had like, I think you would, you would go back to Benelli twice and... Yeah. I was I was playing around with the different series with the different venues. First it was, you know, three at Benelli and then I threw in South Hills Park and then I tried doing two and two with the weekend finale and then my brother 
because I was just stuck on weeknights. You know, my brother mm-hmm. says, "Why don't you do it on the weekend?" And I didn't understand what he meant because I was so stuck on weeknights. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "Just do them on the weekends. Do your series on the weekends, not the weekdays." I'm like, "Oh, that's what you mean." <laughs> So when you do the races on the weeknight, you got to make them short. You got to make them quick. The entry fees are less. You do them on the weekends. You know the courses are longer. the The distances are longer. So you know the entry fees go up. Mm-hmm. You know the permits go up too. The insurance goes up. So that's when I started to do them on the weekends. So I was playing around with different things. When we had the um, um, the Triple Crown series, at one point we had five races, which was when I got into promoting. And we said, that's too much. Mm-hmm. So then we started to, to hone it down. And then we said, you know what? We need to make Mount Sac the final because that race has been around for over 20 years. So we'll do the first two races and then that one will be the final. And then that's how we ended up with this three-race series. And then it was just us that was managing the Triple Crown series. And then when we were doing it together with um, – with Southridge, we had to redo the results because the, their windows were different. They didn't match ours. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got to get this guy from here. We've got to put him over here. So it took such a long time to do the finals, to do the points, to find out the overall. We said, this just isn't working for us. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, man, it's Triple Crown Series, one, two, three, boom, we're done. The, fin- the finale is at Mount Sac. So that's how we ended up with this being the Triple Crown Series. And mm-hmm. then we managed to, um, my partner managed to work something out with uh, with their clothing company to get the Triple Crown jerseys. Cool. So um, That's so pretty cool you, you, you give them out because uh, I know if you race a Kenda Cup, you have to, you have to pay for the championship jersey. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the Kenda Cup is different. Um, I mean, I have, I have respect for every promoter that's out there. And, and the thing with the Kenda Cup is when you're talking about, um, you know, Team Big Bear, that's his bread and butter. He pays his bills with that. Mm-hmm. Me and my partner, this is like extra money. But if we were doing it for the money, this series would have been gone because we don't walk away with a ton of money. A lot of people think, oh, man, you guys make a lot of money. Like, you guys have no idea. One year, the turn and burn, I kid you not, we split between my partner and I 600 bucks. Wow. He got three. I got three. You know? So... We paid our, our, our family because our families are the ones that, that help run the event. You know, mm-hmm. I've got my son, my daughter, my wife. My partner has his daughter, um, her boyfriend. So it's just pretty much family mm-hmm. that does the event. And it gives them an opportunity to learn how to work hard. And, and you know, I teach my kids how to do this stuff. My daughter does the pre-registrations. She gets the number plates ready at home. So, you know, we all pull together to make this happen. But, um, you know, we don't pay our bills with this. So when I see that the Kenda Cup is going to have bad weather, I'm like, man, that sucks. You know, I hope people show up mm-hmm. because, you know, they have to pay their people. Right. The people that are there to work, they're, they're not going to be like, oh, it's raining. We're not going to get paid today. You got to pay them. Mm-hmm. And then you get to keep what's left over. So when you're talking about, you know, yeah, you got to pay for your jerseys, it would, it would, it would be cool. But we have that connection where we can get it you know, donate it to us. Mm-hmm. But who knows what happens if, you know, we switch clothing companies. Yeah. Uh, an, another good guy that heard that I was going to do these races right away said, hey, man, I'll hook you guys up with the wards. Chat Smart, Baghouse. That awesome. guy was like, dude, that is so cool. Just let me know. 
and um, he's been there ever since. And he's actually, you know, he does the uh, the Kenda Cup mm-hmm. also, and I believe he does the non dot. So he's, you know, he's out there contributing to yeah. all these guys, and he's yeah, got his awesome. team. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you start to pull from different people, and and everybody contributes. Like, you know, the announcing that Steve does. You know, people know who he is. They come to him. Hey, I got this issue going on, or whatever. He gets to plug his shop. His mm-hmm. guys come in. You know, there was one race where he brought like 25 guys. That's awesome. He was a third of all of the people <laughs> that came to race. <laughs> I was like, dude, you brought 25 guys. It was crazy, <laughs> you know? But that's the kind of pull that he has, yeah, you know? But, but it's awesome. Team. It's awesome that, that you have uh, a shop owner that's passionate about, you know, about that, you know what I mean? And, and goes out there to the races and supports his guys that are, that are supporting him. You know what I mean? They're they're out there racing. You know, wearing turn the bikes. You know what I mean? And then, you you know, you break something or you damage something. You go to the shop, hey Steve. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you might hook him up with a little small discount, but still, like, he's giving back. You know what I mean? So it's like a circle. You know what I mean? It's you know, and he's out oh, yeah. there and, and he's stoked on that. You know, so it's that's great that uh, that a local shop owner is out there supporting a series and supporting his guys at the races. So it's pretty cool. I mean, when when you own a bike shop and, and you walk the talk, right? You're gonna do good. Like mm-hmm. Steve's out there. He does very well. Mike Franzi's out there racing, and his son, too. He yeah. does very well. Mark Smith, you know, Dominic, uh, Dominic Galenti with uh, InCycle. Those guys are out there riding. Mm-hmm. You know, they're walking the talk. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different vibe that, th- that these guys have that just pulls people into their shops because they do very, very well. Mm-hmm. If you own the bike shop and you didn't ride, you know, that you can tell that the passion's not there. The vibe's not in the shop. It's more of a business than, than like a a passion or yeah. you know but it's i mean like, also you, you gotta you, you know it's they gotta make money too right so they're there for to make money that's their business well i so. want them to make money <laughs> yeah you exactly. know i mean why not you know <laughs> right so so how can we get more people at, at your events you know what you know how can we get how can we encourage people to, to to come to these races i just gotta keep kicking up my um you know my marketing with the social media get out there more what i did this year is uh rather than just do the flyers alone. It's pretty kinda, nice, actually. These are nice flyers. Yeah, thanks, man. We um, we have a guy that designs them, and he's pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. And um, did you bring a bunch of these so I can put them on our, at our shop? Um, I got some. I okay, got some in the cool. truck. I actually cool, cool. have to order more. All right. Um, but yeah, this guy's really good at designing the flyers for us. Mm-hmm. And um, so now that we like this flyer, all we're going to do is change the dates, but we're just going to keep everything the same. Nice. But in addition to this, I thought, you know what? I need something that's easy to hand out when I'm mountain biking. So I had this guy make me some business cards. That were just generic that says triple crown on one side with all the contact info and then turn and burn on the other so when i'm out there mountain biking hey guys got to check out these races yada yada so it's easy to hand those out mm-hmm. so i give that to some of the other guys too because it's easy right you know folding these it's kind of tough because you got to have a bunch of them and <laughs> they get they get all on. sweaty <laughs> yeah oh hold on man <laughs> you got to blow it dry and stuff right so so that was another idea that i had the the flyers are are, are good to have in the shops mm-hmm. But, you know, people walk by them a lot, but, you know, I still got to have them. But the majority of the exposure that I'm going to get is, is really social media. Mm-hmm. I just keep on, you know, friending people, joining groups and asking, hey, can I post, you know, can I share this on your page? I don't just throw it on people's pages. I ask permission mm-hmm. to put it on their page or their group um, so that people can see it. So hopefully this year, you know, it, it, you know our numbers go up and we yeah. get over 100 Turn and burn has always done good because it's different. Turn and burn is, hey, Lou, let's you and me partner and do this. People want to team up, mm-hmm. you know. 
There's a lot of cross-country races, but there's not a whole lot of endurance events out there. So I got the idea for the turn and burn when I was doing an event in uh, Scottsdale. We did, uh, it was called Dawn to Dusk. And I was doing the, the Nobby Time and Triple Crown. I said, man, I go, this is what we need. Mm-hmm. But how can I keep it simple? So I went out there. I just started playing with the course. And I'm like, okay, this is good enough. So the first thing I did was I did the, the solo, the two-man team. And then it was just like a three-person beginner. It was just open. Men, women, co-ed. Mm-hmm. And when the race was over, the girls were like, we're racing against them. And it kind of put me on the spot. I mm-hmm. says, look, it's an open class. Yeah, but I want you to create a co-ed. I want you to create women's class. And, you know, the, these women were coming up to me like, hey, what happened? And I go, look, it's an open class. This is my first year doing this event. Mm-hmm. So next year, I promise you, you're going to have your class. Mm-hmm. So the very next year, I did a women's class. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do a men's class because there was some guys that shouldn't have been a three-man team. They could have easily been a two-man team. So I just offered it for women to say, look, women, you know, we have something just for the three of you guys so you can team up in threes. Mm -hmm. Then I started to get emails. Hey, why don't you make a three-man team? And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) So that's that's something that's hard because you can't please everybody, but you want to try to keep people happy at the same time. Yep. So this year I said, okay, true beginner, three-man, co-ed, women. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, somebody's going to say, well, you need to make a co-ed with two men and one woman, and then you need to make two women and one man. I guarantee you, I'm going to get that. Oh, man. And I'm going to forward you that email when I get it, too, because I know I'm going to get it. Oh, uh, what is this Red Zone Racing all about, man? So um, so when I first started promoting um, my events, and I was promoting the club events, and I was also the captain of SC Velo one year, I bit off way more than I should have. I had promoted nine races that year and I was managing the mountain bike team and I was going to be just done with being a captain. I was going to be done with managing the team. I was just going to focus on my races. I'm going to step down altogether. So some of the guys that that I brought into SC Velo, they were saying, hey, why don't we make our own team? I said, guys, I'm not going to be a captain of a mountain bike team anymore. I said, I'm just going to focus on my races. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. You can do it, man. You've been the captain. And I said, I don't know, man. I go, let me think about it. And when I was managing, you know, the team for SC Velo, I had to go to the meetings in San Dimas. I live in Whittier. The meetings were weeknights. It took me over an hour to get there. And it just became a burden for me. So I says, you know what? Okay, we'll make our own team. So my whole thing was... I'm going to teach you guys how to run it. I'm going to show you guys what to do. And and they just insisted, you got to be the captain. You got to be the captain. So I said, all right. So we started to, to just talk about it. And then um, the first idea was, well, why don't we go race, you know, for Buena Park Bikes. But I learned a lot from SC Velo. They're an independent team. Mm-hmm. And they are sponsored by InCycle. But they're always going to be SC Velo. Mm-hmm. So I was telling these guys, well, we don't really want to race for a shop. We want to be an independent team. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be sponsored by the shops. Mm-hmm. So so how does that work? So I started to explain to them. And I says, okay, so there's going to be about 10 of us. We're going to be a mountain bike race team. And, um, you know, we're going to have Buena Park Bike sponsor us. We're going to have the Cycler Bike Shop sponsor us. And, 
you know, we're going to look for sponsorship money so we can raise money to pay for races. So we started to do all this stuff. And it was just supposed to be like 10 of us. Mm -hmm. And then guys that would ride with us were like, hey, we want to join the team, but we don't want to race, but we want to be on the team. We want to buy the uniform. So by the time we got all our sponsors, we designed our kits, we went from 10 guys to 36 members wow. the first year. And I was telling my brother, this is, this is going to get big. It's, it's, it's going to get to be a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But then how do you tell somebody no, right? right? So um, we had our first year. We raised money. We paid for about, from the guys that were racing, you know, they got about maybe four races paid for each. We were just following the Kenda Cup. Second year comes around. Hey, man, what do we got to do to join your team? And I was like, oh, here we go, man. <laughs> I was like, because we were going to try to cap it. Okay, so if we tell them you can't join, you know, what are we going to tell them? All right, um, give me your email. We're going to email you an application. Mm -hmm. So we're already five years in. This fifth year, we had like 72 members. Wow. And, and we had that's, about... That's huge. It's big. <laughs> and... Um, and I was like, how do you tell them no? You know, we still have guys out that, that want to join the club. And it's not like we have to win, you know, get out of my way. It's mm -hmm. like everybody just wants to go out and have a good time, and it's all camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Nobody even really cares, you know, how many races are getting paid for. Oh, we only got this many. They just want to know, hey, when's our budget over? So we got to start paying for our own. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have our annual picnic. We do awards. So our club is based out of the foundation of SC Velo, and we operate the same way because they've been doing it for a long time. So I told the guys, well, this is what SC Velo does, so we should follow the same model, mm -hmm. and that's what we do. So, so my partner, you know, he's still with SC Velo, and I'm with, you know, Red Zone, but it was, it was like a, it was a good departure. It wasn't bad, like, oh, we got to get the hell out of this club. It wasn't like that at mm -hmm. all. I just said, hey, you know, we're going to form our own club. We're going to be based out of Whittier. Mm -hmm. Our sponsor shops are, are right down the street. Mm -hmm. And it just makes more sense for us to do this. And, um, and, and, and as we started to grow, you know, even though we're based out of Whittier, now we got people in the club that are from Temecula, Murrieta, um, Fallbrook, wow. which is like North San Diego County. We got mm -hmm. a guy in Vegas. Wow. Um, uh, Granada Hills. So we've got guys from like all over the place. And then when it's time to do like a club event, boom, everybody just really? comes together. Yeah. I, I saw that uh, you, uh, you sent like a plaque or a thank you something to, uh, to Mike Nasco from Red Monkey. Yeah. Yeah. He, he sponsored our, our club for, for 2017. Mm -hmm. So, so what my brother does for, for the club is he does the sponsorship plaques. He orders the clothing. He does the budgeting for, for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 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 uh, he hauls a little trailer as well, right? Um, he resigned from that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he resigned so, or got fired. <laughs> well, right, right now, you know, the clubs are always evolving, you mm -hmm. know, they're always evolving from, from this person to that person, this guy's stepping down, this guy's stepping in. So, so this year what we're doing is, okay, my brother and I are going to focus more on the recreation side of the club, the recreation riders that don't race. And then we have our guys that do race. So since I've, you know, pulled away from racing, I thought it would only make sense to have guys that race that are there at all the races that are training, that are doing well, that would be a role model for the club. Mm -hmm. Those guys should get together and run the race program. 
and then my brother and I just run the recreation part of it. But I'm involved with registration for you know everybody in the club. I put together the material for our club meetings. Um, whenever there's rides, I'll put rides together. I make the announcements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this year was the last year that I did the registration for, for the races. I wasn't at, at the races. I didn't do any races, but I was still part of it. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I need to get away from that and also spend more time focusing on, on doing our events mm-hmm. you know, that I do with my partner. So there's so much time that goes all over the place. I got to start to make sure that I focus on what's important. Right. And and the same thing with the club. I can't be effective with the club if I got this going on. So I need yeah. guys that you're, can you're, be effective. You're spreading yourself kind of all over the place. So you yeah. want to kind of refocus on what, what, what you need to, your priorities. Yeah, exactly. So um, how do people sign up to, to be part of your, uh, your club? What we typically like to do is say, hey, listen, come ride with us and um and see if we're a good fit for each other if you're a cool person and you know we get we kind of you know get a good vibe for each other and after they ride they'll say hey so can i get that application Mm -hmm. and then you know we email it to them it's not open it's not on the website for people to just come and get but pretty much uh you know word of mouth okay is how it is how it happens and is there uh, there a cost involved so um the membership fee is uh this year it's 50 bucks and what we, what my brother does too, also is he puts together like a little welcome packet. There's water bottles in there. There's a T-shirt in there. Um, we we get our sponsorship uh, team deals from Buena Park Bikes, Fullerton Bikes. Um, this year, In Cycle, you know, was part of it, and um, so they're in in the system as well. So we're sponsored by them. Um, they also get uh, team deals for the Triple Crown Series and the Turn and Burn, mm-hmm. and um, so whatever they pay to get in they they get it back our clothing our kits you know you go buy a kit a plain jane you know kit it's going to run you about 220 bucks we get our kits for like about 150 bucks okay and they're sponsored kits but only team members you know get the kits um, when they join the club and um you know next year we're going to try to put together like an out-of-town trip and see how much of the hotel the club can cover so Mm -hmm. we can just go and just do some mountain biking and and maybe tell everybody, okay, this is a baggy shorts ride. No tights, you know, baggy shorts, loose t-shirts, <laughs> just to, you know, keep it, you know, fun. Yeah, um, we, we we got a we got a trip, uh, a shop trip planned uh, for Kernville. I think it's at the end of the month. Uh, we're gonna, you know, a bunch of people are gonna go. We're gonna go do the plunge. We're gonna go ride for like three days. So it's the first time the shop does it as a, you know, as a shop team, whatever you know. Uh-huh. And, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. It should be fun. I think that one is actually the same weekend of the turn and burn. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, because my buddy was talking about it. Oh, he wanted man. to do it, and I, I'm pretty sure oh, it's the man. same weekend. Yeah, October, I know what you're October, talking about. October 29th, yeah. No, October 29th. Oh, 29th? Yeah. Oh, then then it's that's, then that's, that's, that's not the turn and burn. Yeah. That's Mount Sac. Uh, the turn and burn is the 21st. I couldn't remember. I thought it was the 21st. Maybe they pushed it back. I don't know. Okay. I thought I saw it the 21st. Yeah. So 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 do you guys have any like goals for the team or is just hey you know you guys come and come and race for us and then represent you know like there's obviously obviously you guys have like rules like hey you guys can't be like screwing around you guys have to represent the the team and and also the the sponsors appropriately right the the way that we run the team is we don't we don't obligate people for to do anything it's pretty much 
you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. We haven't really had any like major issues. Mm -hmm. There might have been a couple of things or I'll get a phone call. Hey, this is going down. Nothing major. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's a good idea to, to kind of don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. I focus more on, you know, having the club be like everybody get along and do things and support each other. And I'm always, you know, putting that vibe out there. The other team members are doing the same thing. Um, the only thing is when we're focusing on a certain race series and if the race members are being um, supported financially to pay for that event, then we just ask that you wear the team kit for that event. Mm -hmm. So if we're like the Kenda Cup, okay, guys, we're going to cover, you know, five of the seven races we ask you guys to wear the kit for all seven races. If you're going to do over the hump, and if we're not supporting over the hump, then you can wear whatever you want because we're not supporting that series. So we're not hard asses that way, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, and we don't want to be, you know. I'll, I'll wear my kit. I've got, you know, a shop kit for Fullerton bikes. i got a shop kit for the cyclery. And, um, you know, I'll wear whatever kit whenever I'm out there. Right. But if I'm doing a sponsored event from the team, then that's the only requirement that we ask. Other than that, you could you wear whatever kit you want. Now, is, is there is there like a conflict between like shops? Like, well, like why are you sponsored by two shops or three shops, or whatever? I mean, is, is there like a is, is that is that because you you you're the, you have guys that are spread out all over, so it's more convenient for guys that are that kind of where you're at to to go to InCycle and the guys that are like down. Orange County to go to Fullerton Bike or Buena Park Bike? Um, not really, because they all know each other. Like, like you know, Steve knows Mike. Mm -hmm. Steve knows Mark. Mark knows Mike. They, they all know each other. They see each other at Interbike. Mm -hmm. And their main thing is buy from the shop. You know, don't buy on eBay. Don't buy online. You know, mm -hmm. buy buy from your local bike shop. That's their thing. Yeah. So it, has, it hasn't been anything like, oh, man, you bought the bike over there or, or whatever. It's... Everybody knows each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, like, deep down inside, they might be saying, like, damn, they got it over there. Right. But they're friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, it's... It's um, it's it, better than buying it online. Yeah, because, I mean, can you imagine if all the bike shops disappeared because online took over? But now, now you know, what kind of trips me out is, like, people can go to Giant online and buy the bike from Giant. And then, depending on where you live, they'll ship the bike to that shop. And then the shop gets some of the credit or something like that. I mean, in a way, that's kind of like you're you're competing against shops now, right? Yeah, you know, I I did hear about that. Um, I didn't get the specifics of it, but I mean, no. as a as a shop owner, saying, "Hey, I'm your distributor," you know, and you're kind of undercutting me. No. I don't want you to do half the work so I can do the other half and get paid for half. I'm your distributor. Just let me do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I know that there was some of that going on back when, you know, cars were trying to be sold online. Dealers were like hitting the roof. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Selling cars online? We're, we're your distribution channel. So when it comes to the bike shops, you know, you, you got to have them and you want to support them as much as you can. I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard that from, from Steve that that's going on um, with Giant. I haven't heard that from Mike. Mm -hmm. Um I'm sure that it's more like, you know, shop owner to shop owner conversation. I haven't heard much about it. Okay. Just a little bit a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. but I didn't even know if that even, you know, panned out. Right. It, it you know, like, like you were saying, we, you know, we have to, we have to support the brick and mortar shops because they're the ones that, that keep, keep the community, you know, bike, the biking community together. It's like, 
or you could, so you're going to go online, buy a bike, and then um, if you have any warranty issues, like, so now you got to deal with that, right? So now your bike's down for, yeah. for X amount of time, right? So, you know, if you buy a bike from a shop, where it doesn't matter where you buy it from, you know, um, I, and I go to the Path Bike Shop. So if I have a bike that having have an issue, it's a warranty problem, you know, they take care of it. And then for the most part, they'll, they'll let me borrow a bike. They'll demo, you know, let me dem, uh, borrow a demo bike. So, so you're not, you're not out of a bike for a while, you know, which is, which is pretty cool. Like I'm sure Mike, could, you know, Michael do that as well, you know, just to keep, keep the customer happy. You know, it's, it's not the shop's fault that, you know, there's a, you, you know, you broke the, you know, you broke the frame or something or like the pivots are bad or whatever, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but you know, they're there to, to, to ease it, you know, and make, make, you know, make things better. So well, that's, that's a value that a lot of people don't take into consideration when you're going to pay more for a bike or, or a component, mm-hmm. you know, I buy, I bought my bike from Steve and I bought my wheels when I bought my bike from Steve and I'm already on my third wheel. I had a hub issue with it twice. I'm on my third wheel and I just take it in and say, Hey, guess what? It broke again. <laughs> you got <laughs> too much sort going on in those yeah. legs, man. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, so I, I took it in. You, you can't do that. If you're buying online, and I, I understand what that value is, and not only the value of that, but just just being loyal to a shop. Mm-hmm. You know, guys will go in there and they'll ask for a price. They'll get the price. They don't understand why the shop has to charge more than online. And then when it breaks, now they want to go to the shop. Oh, right. can, can you make can, me can, whole? Can, can you can you fix it for me, or can you call them? Nah, man. You know, like you should have just came here in the first place. Exactly. It's like you can't put a price on on knowledge and experience. Like you know, you get these guys at the mechanics. You know, like Jaron Chivo. You know, there's some of the good guys at the shop over there. They've been around for a long time. They can figure out a way to to make it work. You know what I mean? That's why I have yeah. I have Chivo at the races now. You know, at the California Dirt races because. He can make it happen. You know, he can fix something. He can get you going at the races, and and a lot of the guys at other shops have that that knowledge. You know, you can't you can't put a price on that because they've been around for a long time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, I was at Mike's shop. I have never been to Mike's shop until like maybe two months ago, and I was like, man, that's a pretty cool shop. You know, I was dropping something off, and and uh, actually it was a bike from Mike Montner. I had to bring it to that shop. And I, you know, Mike was there, and you know, he's like such a cool guy, and he's always, he's, you know, he's always stoked on, on life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's always like, I don't know, he's like maybe drinking four cups of coffee in the morning <laughs> before he gets going or something. I don't know, but you know, he just gave me a tour of the shop. You know, it's not a very big shop, but you know, it's laid out nice. Yeah. You know, and I think Andre was in the back working on some stuff. So, but it was pretty cool just to go to different shops and you know see the layout and you know get the get the get their vibe. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're so used to going to your shop. You know, now you're going to another shop, and you're like, oh, cool. You know, you get to. Know the guys that are working there. You know, you see them on the trails every once in a while. Yep. So it was pretty cool. You know, and just having that community. You know, and I'm sure all the all the shop owners talk to each other and say, "Hey, how's how's business? Ah, it's okay, whatever." You know, and if, you know if they need to, you know to help each other out, they'll they'll do it because they got to stick together. You know what I mean? Well, they even call each other when they say, "Hey, man, we got a guy that's trying to shop us." You know, they're trying to work us because they'll you know you'll get a guy that starts hopping around. Yeah. And well, that shop said they're going to give it to me for this much. Can you beat it? So you know they're 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 all on the same page. They call each other, yeah, to make sure that you know they're not. Or getting there's work. a scammer out there, huh? Trying yeah, to, trying to work it. Yeah. So so you you go to a cyclery? 
Yeah, I go to the cyclery. Okay. Um, uh, my bike's in there because of that wheel that I was telling you about. So I just drop it off. and. What bike are you on right now? Cannondale? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All three of them. Okay. Also, okay. I remember the last time I was, that we, we saw you at a, at a race that you had like a 650B, right? You were like converting it or something to 29er or something like well, that? Well, I was like resistant of the 29er. I okay. was like, no, I'm not going to go with 29er. <laughs> you wait and see. Everything's going to come back to 27.5. Watch. So... I wanted to get another bike, uh-huh. and I said, you know what? Maybe Cannondale's going to come out with a 27.5, like, giant, you know, they, they went all in with 27.5. I go, maybe. And, and look what happened, 29er right? Anthem. <laughs> yep. Survey set. Mm-hmm. So, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to convert my wheels on my hardtail. So then I ran it for two years like that, and then I was just waiting one more year. I go, maybe this is a the year they're going to come out with the 27.5. And then I waited. I'm like, nope. I'm like. Okay, I'll take that FSI right yeah. there, 29er. <laughs> and I'm over here like, man, this feels like a beach cruiser. I got used to it eventually. So, right. so um, I got rid of the other one, and then I, I got on the, the FSI. And then um, and then my road bike is a Super 6 Cannondale also. And then I wanted a second bike. So uh, one of Steve's shop guys, riders, racers, was uh, selling an older scalpel. I said, you know what, I'll take that off your hands because I need two mountain bikes because one, like right now, one of my bikes is down, so I got my scalpel, mm-hmm. and I'll ride that one. And then um, my wife is also on a lefty. She loves that lefty. She won't go, wow. you know, to another bike. And she's okay. still on a 26er. You know? Oh, nice, nice. So, come on, we got to get you on, the, on a 27.5. Yeah. She goes, no, I like my bike. <laughs> <laughs> she's a creature of habit, man. Yeah. She doesn't so you, you guys ride together? Um, no. No? <laughs> no, we... Um, you're, diff- you're, you're on a different page when, when it comes yeah. to riding bikes, huh? Yeah, yeah. She's um, <laughs> No patience. <laughs> no, no. I, like, if she's riding, you know, kind of, like, unsafe, I'll, I'll try to say, hey, listen, you might want to do this. Just stop telling me what to do. I'm, oh, I'm trying yeah. to keep you safe. I go, okay, fine, go crash. Yeah, I'm like, you know? I'll see you later. <laughs> Dude, I've taken it to the ER twice already. Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> she just she goes extreme or what? She, I don't know, man. <laughs> She crashed in the riverbed, and, and what sucked is the day that she crashed, I had my last mountain bike race, and I needed to be at Benelli, and I'm over here taking her to the ER, and she needed to drive one of the cars to the park, and I'm just like, oh, oh man, man. It just, uh, you couldn't crash tomorrow, yeah, you know? <laughs> so, so she ended up, you know, breaking her kneecap. She had a brace. Dang. She got all so it was a road bike? Yeah, this was on the road bike. Oh, the There's a section on the San Gabriel River by the Five Freeway where you go under. It it just, if you don't know it, you can easily like get sidetracked. And, and she got sidetracked. She hit the fence, and then uh, it was oh, bad. Oh boy! So, and then she was riding a little too close to a parked car. And she hit the mirror. She cut her finger. So I had to take her to get stitches. And I'm just like, yeah, I think we gotta sell your bikes. <laughs> At least sell the road bike. But dude, she she'll get back on. Yeah. I mean, she's she's taken some pretty good fall she broke a rib twice dang she broke her rib you know the highline trail at sedona uh-huh uh-huh right there dang three years ago Híjole. well at least she's out there riding though man oh dude she <laughs> she's got a high tolerance for pain man nice. i'm telling you she won't she won't not ride if she gets hurt she'll be like when can i get back on the bike which is cool you know right so she she actually rides more than i do wow she rides way more than I do, man. She puts all kinds of miles in, <laughs> and she'll be like, oh, how are you going to get faster? Go, I'm not trying to get faster. I just want to ride my bike. Go, you go. <laughs> you go. I'll see you later. Yeah. So, so uh, in closing, what, what are your takeaways here? What's, what kind of advice can you give to people that want to start racing or that want to join a race team? Um, 
I think everybody should at least try one race. Um, if it's not, um, you know, turn and burn or triple crown, they can go to over the hump. They should just try the race and go out there and do it for fun. I tell people, if it's going to be your first race, just start from the back and see how many people you can catch mm -hmm. because the pressure is always behind you. But if you're the one in the back, you're the one that's putting the pressure on the guy in front. So right. I'll just tell people, look, just go to the back. When they say go, just catch as many as you can. Mm -hmm. Just go out there and try it. It's not that serious. And just go see what you can do. You might like it. You might, you know, get hooked on it. Yeah. Um, join a club. Because when I started mountain biking, you heard my story. It was like, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to that water tower. And, and that was it. <laughs> and, um, and I did a lot of trial and error. You know, it took me a while to really get into racing. Mm -hmm. So if you join a club... The club members, everybody wants to teach somebody something. You join a club, they'll take you under their wing, and they'll get you racing like like, like really quick. We had a guy, best, best success story that I could think of, his name is Mike Denton. He joined the club, and he came to a turn and burn pre-ride. He was riding a 26er track, baggy shorts, loose shirt, big old camelback, right? Mm -hmm. He looked just like regular, you know, mountain biker. And he joined the club. And all he was doing was just getting, you know, everybody's input. Hey, Mike, do this, do that. He ended up winning the overall the first year. I wow. mean, he killed it. And this was all within a year. And had he not joined the club, he would have been doing what I'm doing, trial and error. I'm going to go race. Oh, it sucks. I'm not going to race anymore. Mm -hmm. A year goes by. I'll do it again. So when you join a club, there's a lot of people that join our club, and we have a lot of members that take them under their wing. Join a club and let them get you to the next level a lot mm -hmm. quicker. And, um, you know, that's what, I, that's what I let people know, what I want to share with them about, you know, cycling, whether it be road biking, mountain biking. And if you're not cycling yet and you want to get into both, get, in, get on the mountain bike first. Right. Because when you get on the road bike first, it's hard to get people in the dirt because mm -hmm. the grip's not there anymore. Like it, right. Like it is on the road bike. Yep, exactly. So yeah. So will, will we ever see a an enduro race at at when you know maybe added to one of your series? Um, I don't know. I think the biggest uh, challenge for for me with an endurance enduro race would be just the timing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I got well, a timing I'll, guy. That I have a timing guy too. <laughs> I, I got a timing guy who kind of does it. You know. He, he does it because he wants to, you know, we, you know, we do give him money, but he doesn't really charge, but mm -hmm. we just give him money, but he's moving to Arizona. Okay. So my son is going to take over. He did it one year, so he's going to try to take over. But that's the only thing with Enduro is if you got to pay a timing company to do it, you got to have the numbers to be able to pay him. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, um, I did have a talk with Chris, you know, replay and, um, you know, I got to talk with him and see, you know, what he offers, what he charges, and then what my numbers are, mm -hmm. and if it's going to be able to pay that. Right. So that's the only thing with the timing well, is the numbers. Do you guys have a venue? For, For an enduro race? Enduro? I mean, the. I would just wonder how to do it at Benelli because I don't really venture out to go anywhere else. You would need more elevation than Benelli. You yeah. Need, you, need, you need to use, like, the like the mountains behind Benelli. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, again, you know, before I start getting into anything else, I got to make sure that I feel that I'm successful with these events. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think we're there yet. You know, we're okay. 
you know, we walk away with something, but we're not really there yet. So to take something else on. You, 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 you think it's because maybe like people are already like done racing throughout the year. Like they've done 12 over the humps. They've done, what is it? Eight Kenda Cup races and whatever else is thrown in there. Like the, the non-dot races, the, um, the stuff with Jason Renault down, down in Temecula. You think like that may, might play a factor because your races are like towards like the end of like the race season or. You know, well, but then again, you know, you have cyclocross. It's kind of starting up right now too, right? Yeah. So I, there's a lot of cross guys that would do these races if it wasn't cross season. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that people want to do something different. I think they want to do stuff like the turn and burn because mm-hmm. our numbers are, are always good at turn and burn. Triple crown series, it always struggles. And the turn and burn, like I said, if you can bring in a partner to say, hey, let's you and me partner up. And then even within your, your, your group of friends, let's say there's like 80 of you guys. All right. You know. Loser buys the beers for everybody else, right? You can you can kind of have bets <laughs> like that. Come on, man, let's do this. So I think it's the team atmosphere, which is why those those Ragnar races are very successful. The Spartan races are successful because you're not in it by yourself. Mm-hmm. When you line up at a cross country race, even though your teammate is next to you, he's also some guy you know that you're competing against. Mm-hmm. You guys are not, you know, crossing the finish line. You guys are not in it together. You are, but you're not. Mm-hmm. But the endurance events, I was thinking about doing another one. So I've been talking with my partner, like, honestly, saying maybe the Triple Crown Series needs to go away. Mm. No, man, we don't want it to go. People still like it. Yeah, but the numbers aren't there. Yeah, but our marketing sucks. So so we're kind of going back and forth, you know. So he's keeping me, you know, he's keeping me on board with the Triple Crown because he wants to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I want to focus more towards doing maybe a different kind of event that has you look for a partner to do it together. Okay. So I got something in mind, but I don't focus too much on it because we're still doing Triple Crown. Okay. So I, I don't know. Um, I just think that when you go and, and you do those eight-hour races at Vail Lake, you know, it's they're so much fun because when you're done, you know, you're camping there, mm-hmm. you crack open a beer because you're going to spend the night, you don't have to drive. Right. And, and it's a perfect place to go and do that. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do more of those. Okay. Um, at Benelli, a lot of people came out to that eight-hour one. Mm-hmm. You know, they got trashed on that course because that <laughs> course is brutal. Yeah. You know? and um, But a lot of people came out to, to do that one. And, um, you, know, they, you know, Tom already has his following with Team Big Bear. Mm-hmm. I got a small following. So I don't know, man. Um, I would really like the Turn and Burn to just blow up and, and just be something like a big grassroots event. Yeah. That's really what I would like to happen. Well, and I've done them, so I, I would encourage people that are listening to this podcast to to at least try one. You know, there's you got three opportunities to to do them: um, September seventeenth, October first, and October twenty ninth. And then obviously the Turn and Burn six hour race is October twenty first, which is a Saturday at Pinelli. So. And and these courses, um, you know, they're they're shorter. They're they got um. They got some pretty good climbing. The way that the courses are laid out right now, they're not going to really tear you up. Mm-hmm. And the downhills, the single tracks, they're 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 laid out pretty good. So cool. the the new course that I did for the Hammer Time, I've been getting a lot of guys saying, "Hey man, that's a fun course. I really like the new layout because I took out all the punchy stuff." Mm. So let's let's see how that goes next weekend. Awesome. The, um, the entries are starting to come in. We offer a three pack, so you can get a discount. For the races, we also have same-day registration also. Um, same thing with the turn and burn. Um, 
solo, duo, trio. You know, you got three different uh, ways that you can sign up for that as well. So we'll see, man. The courses, you know, we've always been getting good feedback on the courses. Cool. Omar, yeah. I, I want to thank you for coming down here and sitting down and chatting about bikes and, and stuff. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening to another episode of Beyond the Bike Podcast. Big Lou out.